Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. Here I'm joined by an interesting soul for snacks and sometimes full-blown banquets. We share conversation and confessions, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, great guys. This is the last hoovering of the year, so I've made sure it's a fucking doozy. This one is funny, lovely, delicious, but also full of, I believe, really important noise that I'm delighted to be putting into the world. I'm hoovering with Jeanette Thompson-Wesson, aka the Mindset Nutritionist. I'm incredibly grateful to you for listening to this podcast, by the way. Keep spreading the word, please. If you like the podcast, make all the other twats start listening to it too. One way of raising the podcast profile up the rankings is to give it five-star reviews views wherever you get your pods from and by subscribing to it saves you bother anyway that last one get on social media and follow at the hoovering pod on instagram and twitter we're going to be sharing all the podcast's latest news funny little extra bits and all that sort of shit and asking you to answer eating specific questions you can now email the hoovering pod at gmail.com and now you can text or whatsapp voice note me too on 07462855271. Mega thanks if you're one of my patrons. Without you, the podcast is but crumbs and whistling wind. If you've got as much as £2 a month to spare, please go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and see all the frankly brilliant things my patrons get in exchange for making sure this podcast exists financially. We are hoovering live with a super swanky star celeb guest or two on the 18th of February at 3pm as part of the Leicester Comedy Festival in, obviously, Leicester. Those are always amazing rooms to be in, so please do join us. Um, it's nothing like actually coming to the live show. Discounted tickets, as ever, are available for my patrons. And also, I'm doing a work in progress there on the 17th in the evening as well. I'll have an hour of new stuff by then, won't I? Sure. Lastly, please may you come and see Wench in its last dates for now at London Soho Theatre from the 11th to the 14th of January. Tickets available for all those things and others that I won't have had time to mention here, all available on my website, jessicafosterq.com. Right, let's get into this then. God, it was a belter, if I don't say so myself. Jeanette came over to mind for lunch, and the only thing to warn you about is that we do talk about fatness, obesity, and we use the words obese and calories, and there are numbers mentioned around weight loss at one point. Never in a glorifying way, of course. Only avoid that if you're avoiding all content on that subject. At no point are any of those things glamorised, glorified, recommended. It's just they're spoken about in the context of... um, Oh, enlightenment and the intuitive eating movement and journey. I hope you love this conversation even half as much as I did. Let's go. What it is, what it is, thanks for coming here. And what it is, is that's rye bread. Yum. That's posh green olives, nocciarello, nocciarello, whatever, whatever. They're from a really nice deli around the corner called Found Hope. 
Ooh, which is wow. like a really awesome and do lots of awesome things and employ lots of awesome people. And then I made whipped feta, which I've never made before. I've never tried it before, but I've heard about it. Yeah. I love feta. Oh, do you? Me too. So I'm a salt mouth. So I I, I think that's going to be right up my strata. But I think it's going to need to go with other things. It's so like soury, salty that I've done some toasted pistachios with it. There's crispy chilli oil. Have you ever had that? No. It's actually really mild. And I think it just, it's got Mm. a slight heat, but also a crunch that stick on top of everything. Some just roasted beetroot. It's just cold. <laughs> but I think something purple look nice against all the yellows. Brings the colour up. Brings the yeah, colour. brings the cup. Yeah. yeah. And then that looks like shit, but I'm really excited about it. Is like a tahini miso <gasps> butter bean. Oh my god! Thing to go on top of bread. I'm excited about that as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's just go. For, let's just go for our lives. I mean, and there's some butter in there, or I've got oil if you prefer. No, it's good. Okay, it's I'm gonna go for some of this beans business because that's the warm element. Oh. <laughs> mm, this feels wintry, actually, doesn't it? This it does. Mm. You don't have to like it. You don't have to eat anything you don't want. You don't have to like anything you don't like. No, is, As is both is of wonderful. our philosophy generally oh, in life, um, but also. Um, I beetroot is one of the main things that I loathed as a kid, and I felt like I hated the fact that people said to me so often, "Have you tried it like this? Have you had it like that? Have you done it like?" And I thought, just let me not like it. And I was so I was almost annoyed one day when I began to like it. Um, I think it's just a case of dead taste buds. Wanted to just rebel against all of that. Yeah, stick to my guns and continue to (laughs) loathe it forever. But have you ever had a thing that you didn't like that then, as you got like more grown up, you did like it suddenly Mm. to eat? I think when I was growing up, had a very typical like upbringing of like sausage, mash, and like gravy, baked beans. You know all those kind of like traditional kind of really kind of the kind of things that you come home from school and just the parents can get in the oven yeah. really, really quickly. Like, obviously, really, like, homely food. Yeah, great. But I never actually got into, like, stuff like fish or mm-hmm. anything. My parents didn't like fish. They were always forced to have fish. Oh, were they? You know, that kind of thing. So they were just like, fish fingers were the, was it. And then one day I start, I think my husband... When we got together, he was like, you you haven't tried salmon? I was like, I've never tried salmon, but I don't like it. And he was like, how can you know? Oh. I tried salmon one day and I was like, oh my God, this has changed my life. And it really did. It's so Although, the one thing, actually saying all that, the one thing that I tried, I went to Barcelona, three children. Yeah. And we... I love the way you say that as in like, because holidays now for a good 15 years are fucked. <laughs> Royally. Yeah. <laughs> It just isn't a holiday. You can go it to the loveliest place, but There's it's no not like you're going to get the extra sleep. No. Yeah. And the food is all going to be chips all the way, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than all the way delicious food you used to have. Yeah. I had like a proper foodie drink kind of like breakaway. It was gorgeous. And I hadn't tried prawns at that stage. Wow. Never tried prawns. What a place to go to try a prawn. No. And um, I had to get a little bit drunk. Yeah. Oh, really? To go for it? Yeah, I had a massive glass of sangria. It was a beautiful sangria as Mm. well. It was like so good, so yummy. Finished that so quickly. And the husband was like, now you really have to try some prawns. And I almost hated that I liked them. Yeah. And I can't, I still can't eat them when I'm sober. I have to be slightly drunk. That's so funny. That's so funny. I love that as a rich, a prawny ritual. (laughs) You're like, if I'm going to go for something this... A bottom feeder. There is mm. there are some intellectual disconnects that need to go on to enjoy that thing. But yeah, prawns have to be slightly drunk to me. That's really funny. That's so funny. I mean, I've had loads of relationships where it got to the point where I had to be slightly drunk <laughs> to get off of them. But <laughs> it feels like that. It feels like the eating yeah. equivalent of that. You're like you're My at that funny old stage with prawns, and you know, there's no need to break up with prawns. But like, there is a conversation to be had about why you need to be drunk to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you and prawns need to get go to someone and have a word with them. And like, yeah. Um, right, I'm going to try it. I'm excited about trying with I've got a fuckload of um, that chilli business on mine, but I am that way inclined. Mm. 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 Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've chopped it all down myself. <laughs> oh, That's the way to eat oh, it. Oh, God. Yeah. 
I'm excited about this feta. Oh, fuck. I really like it. Mmm. 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 That's delicious. God. Mm. God, you like it. It's a lot. I think it's really, it's full of flavours, isn't it? Mmm. Mmm. It's yes. really sour and salty. I think if you like sour and salty things, you're in, you're in there. Mmm. I'll have to make this. Oh, good. Mm. I'll send you the link. It was actually mm-hmm. a piece of piss, not to brag. Mm. <laughs> Just stick three things in a whizzer. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm going to try the butter beans. Mm. Literally amazing. Mm, they're even better, I think. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's nice. That's really, so nice. This is really, it's all right, really amazing. Isn't it? it feels quite lunchy. Do you, um, I feel like, um, I can't really intellectually justify why I find a meal to be lunchy or dinnery. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I it's so really... funny that we've got, like, these mm. really ingrained rules about, like, well, that's the sort of thing you'd have at lunchtime. Mm. But I don't know why I'd find it mildly disappointing for a whole dinner. It feels like, <laughs> I, I like to rebel sometimes. Mm-hmm. With, like, having, like, a lunch meal for dinner. Or yes. Eating, like, pizza, like, eating pizza for breakfast is mm-hmm. the best thing in the world. The best. Well, it's so good. And similarly, having a fry up for dinner every now and again. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I hear about people that do that, I, I really love that. I love that disrespect. <laughs> for, for society's norms. Mm. Scrunchy Yeah. What would you sound like if you said it now in a big boy I feel like our chat is a really important one because I've not had one like this for ages. There's a reason I'm choosing to share this conversation on the 30th of December. It's just before people go into 2023, I think, potentially with hearts full of yeah. resolutions to finally get thin. I say that because that was my New, New Year's... Re- New Year, New Me! Mm-hmm. Um, that was my New Year's resolution for about 27 years plus. Um, wildly, it never worked! <laughs> Um, Kel surprise. Kel surprise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 don't, I mean, where to begin? Um, uh, please, may I have your journey into becoming the mindset nutritionist, and then we'll get into intuitive eating, mm. fat positivity, and yeah. the general kind of enlightenment. Mm. All of that. All of that. Jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, me being a nutritionist, I always wanted. I knew I always wanted to work with something in relation to food. Yep. As I was a child, I remember loving like Ainsley Harriet and what yes. Park Cook, Won't Cook, yes. and, you know all of the you know all of those kind of yeah. programs. Loved it, and I just I, I did like some work experience in year ten, and I then realised that I absolutely hate being in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm very much not a soul worker. I just didn't enjoy the environment. And then I remember, I can't remember even who said to me, they were like, you really enjoy science? I was like, yeah. And mm. they were like, why don't you do something with nutrition? And I was like, yeah. Okay, so I looked into it. I actually wanted to become a dietitian. Yeah. And um, my kind of journey to becoming a nutritionist, I wanted to become a nutritionist. I had a lot of disordered eating myself right. as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And it was born out of fear of my body and my body size and judgment of my body size. And I thought to myself, being a nutritionist, like, you have to have a certain body type. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a certain look. Mm-hmm. I've never had that body type. I've yeah. never had that look. I'm never going to have that body type. And yeah. I'm never going to have that look. Yeah. I know that now. Yeah. Uh, but back then, I wanted to try and manipulate that. Obviously, that wasn't working. I remember going into my nutrition lectures and looking around the people, the students around me were obviously much smaller in relation. And I remember having conversations with people and they'd be like, oh, um, you know, well, maybe you'll be ready now <gasps> to lose weight. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, yeah sorry. You'll to be try. ready <laughs> to lose weight. Oh, God. And maybe this degree will help you do that as if I was doing something As if you were there for a sort of personal and, kind of yeah, transformation plan. Rather than to actually learn the science behind nutrition, yes. the science behind our bodies and that yeah. kind of thing. Doing that, it was obviously extremely, like, weight-centric. It was Mm -hmm. all, you know, you must lose weight. This is how you lose weight. This is... They did teach us a bit about the science behind that, but they didn't even go into that into much depth. Right. Which, looking back on that, was really interesting. That's bizarre. Like, I'd have to know the, you know, the metabolic pathways of how, like, protein and fats are are broken down, like, really complex systems in our bodies. Mm. Yet, they would be like... But you've got to make sure everyone loses weight. And here's, like, some cherry picks, like, 
studies in relation to that and didn't actually go into depth with that which looking back on that is really interesting because Mm. we obviously because of societal standards and norms we just all took that and went okay well that's what we're told everywhere the nhs tells us this at the time the um government was doing this massive foresight report and trying to push you know kind of like healthy eating i've done quotation marks for that like on children and like really kind of so it was just taken as a this is just what we're gonna have to do and it's still just taken generally frankly yeah i kind of went in i kind of wanted to go and kind of had a thought of doing two directions right either i go and become a dietitian and i do my master's degree yeah or i go and become a food teacher Two very different things same amount of time same amount of money right kind of like it was weighing those two up I really felt like my body was still getting in the way of that. Right. Gosh. So I didn't become a dietitian because I thought to myself... You didn't feel like you looked like one. Didn't feel like I looked like one. I'd done some work experience. and In the hospital I worked up with my work experience, there was one dietitian that was a fat dietitian. Mm-hmm. And she almost... She, she didn't put me off of it at all. She was a fantastic dietitian. Knew exactly what she was on about. Someone that you could really trust to be around. Yeah. But... She, I think she just felt like she faded into the background. Fucking hell. And I almost, I noticed that. Yeah. And I think I was just like, I don't Mm. want to be someone that, um, because I'm not the kind of person who can just easily fade into the background. So I went and became a food teacher. Mm -hmm. Still judging myself, still thinking, why would people trust my nutrition advice and my nutrition education? Why would we do that? Why would anyone do that with me? And it was kind of confirmed a few times along yeah. the way, like like friends, they would ask me nutrition advice. I'd give them really sound science-backed, science-informed nutrition advice. They wouldn't take it from me. They'd go and pay for someone else who looked very different from me. Fucking hell. Because why would you listen oh, to someone who looks... Who it doesn't look like an after picture from Instagram. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And which was never ever going to be. Like, I, I, I've dieted. Yeah. I did Slimming World, I lost um, four stone on Slimming World. So sorry anyone who is listening to this, you know, oh, trigger, do morning, warnings. trigger warnings. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. Um, and, you know, I did all of that. Um, I did um, Slimming Fast, and that was horrendous. That was awful. And even though I knew as a nutritionist yeah. and a nutrition scientist that what I eat on a day-to-day basis is you know, nutritious. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I have days where it's not as nutritious as others. Like that's completely yeah, standard shit. That's and living normal. a human life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I thought to myself, I need to, I, I, I should be doing something different. Yeah. Maybe what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, even though I know I'm getting nutrition into my body, it's not good enough for me because I'm still the weight that I am. So I mm. should be trying to manipulate that. And I remember trying to look into the science behind um, Slimming World and how, like, sins and stuff are calculated. Oh, my God. I couldn't find anything. But I still, because of society standards, I didn't question it. I went, okay, I can't find anything. Like, I can't... I don't understand how they can find sins in an avocado or a mashed banana. And then, you know, I just didn't understand it. But I just went with it because yeah. I was like, well, it works. It once again quotation marks it works yeah it didn't work because i lost that four stone i put that on yes much more yeah and as is the way with really quick all every single all diets like the the i mean the science behind that now is fucking overwhelming the Mm. fact that the diet industry has grown and grown and grown Mm. is evidence in itself that it's perpetuating yeah itself yeah it's the only sort of neutral way to put that. Do you know what I mean? It's not, um, I do not think there's a single intelligent person who's actually educated on it, who could back up any, any diet now. There isn't, none of them were. I did, I've done all the ones you've listed. We both probably tried every single one at some point. I remember doing slim fast. I'm not sure if I've ever said this on this before. And I was, I think about 12. Um, I remember getting it, getting it out because you had a breakfast and lunch one didn't you and I remember getting it out in my class and my brilliant teacher going what is that in a way that was like the closest she was allowed to come to go yeah. what the fuck is that like why are you doing that mm-hmm. and I remember I remember getting a laugh out of the class by going well because I want to slim fast and that and everyone would be like ah! and I was like no, no. but it's ever like I remember, and I remember having friends who'd be like, I can tell you on one of your diets because you're shivering. <laughs> and it wouldn't be like straight away, I'd get really cold all the time. Mm. But it took me, 
it took me well over a decade of that to realise that every single time, that the fact that I was doing it again and again and again, because your body will come back to what it's yeah. going to be. It will, I don't, <clears throat> you can't be hungry forever. It's not sustainable. Um, for, you know, the massively vast majority, give or take, you know, one or two complete anomalies, people's like, there's no way to live. But it's also, even if you were, go, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be hungry forever. I'm barely going to eat. I'm going to live my life in a, in a calorie deficit, to be blunt. For the, again, I don't know why I'm even having to mention the fucking anomalies, but that's a miserable fucking life. Well, I wish that miserable fucking life on anyone. That's not health. Anyway, thank you very much. You, As ever, what will happen throughout this conversation is you'll be really articulate and full of facts and I'll just get a massive fucking stress on and get all swearsing about it. But where I take that in my brain, branch-wise, yeah. is like bariatric surgery. Oh! And like you just said, yeah. how can anyone... Hunger mm-hmm. is this biological thing Mm -hmm. it is a hormonal thing that happens in your body it's triggered through a load of chemical processes in your body just like needing to go for a wee Mm -hmm. going for a poo you know all of these things that happen in our body we can't just say to ourselves i'm just going to stop weeing Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just going to stop weeing eventually your body is going to have to give in to that and you're going to have to go to the toilet Mm -hmm. one way or another it's the same thing with hunger people completely forget that you can't just keep on running away from hunger yeah you, your body doesn't want to stay in that state and it is a state because yeah. when you go into that your cortisol soul levels rise as well so your stress stress yeah. your stress like literally goes through the rooftop as well so not only are you having like your day-to-day stress you've also got the stress in your body of the physical stress on your body and also the mental stress in your mm-hmm. body trying to restrict and continually be in that hunger zone yeah and when we're enforcing that on, let's face it, fat people, mm-hmm. and telling them that you you haven't worked hard enough, yeah. you haven't done anything right, so you know what we're going to do? We're going to make you have stomach surgery, and we're going to cut off of you, and you're going to literally have to, whether you like it or not, after that, live with hunger for the rest of your life. Yeah. And what blows my mind is that it is just sold as in, if you do this, this is going to be your answer. You have done all the diets under the sun and we feel really bad for you. We feel so bad for you. It's so awful. You're still fat after doing all of that. It's not your fault, which is how it's it's been sold at the moment. It's It's been sold. It's not your fault. You're fat. Yeah. But we also don't want you to be existing in a fat body. So you need to have surgery. Your fatness is an illness. That's what this kind of idea of like this, this government obsession with tackling obesity like as if and I had this argument with a friend who was like I think it's really good that obese people are going to be helped by being offered these surgeries problem number one like it it, is somebody the natural somebody's body regardless of whether it's healthy or not that's someone's body this it's not morally intrinsically wrong I'm fucking done with this idea that there's something ethically wrong with being in a fat body um it's just your body. It's not an illness. It's just your body. I mean, there are, there are going to be people with fat bodies who aren't healthy, who need help with their health. It's a completely separate conversation. I'm really tired of this fundamental idea that thin equals healthy. We are, there is progress in the sense that, no, well, there isn't from the government. And um, because it's obsessed, you, you posted something recently about... Um, the government spent a hundred million pounds on weight management services yeah. in 2020 and 2021. There's no evidence of where that money's gone. There's no evidence that that spent money has ended in anybody being any less fat anywhere. They haven't followed it up. They haven't followed it up. They've just they've just thrown, thrown, thrown that money in there because it's some, because 99% of people still go. Well, it's a worthy place to send it. Exactly. You've got to get rid of. I've got sensible, kind, lovely friends who say to me. Well, what would you do then if you don't believe even in the word obesity? What would you do about the obesity crisis? I'd be like, fuck all. Yeah, Absolutely okay. not a crisis. I'm not, I don't consider let's it a crisis. Let's not throw money at that. Yeah, let's not throw money at that. Let's take that money. I'd love to see a government-backed initiative to um, invite people to um, feel confident finding a way of moving their body that brought them joy. Then that was their mm-hmm. only motivation to get out of it, yeah. to, like, find joy, seek joy where there is joy and find There's it. None of that. Shh. 
going, keep going. Ladies, come on, think of your yeah. summer bodies. Your summer bodies. No, not to change your body. Now. If your body, it's nothing to do with changing your body externally, visibly. This is about making you feel movement. joy. Yeah. There's so much, there's so many studies out there that show that independent of like weight and mm-hmm. whether you lose weight, gain weight or maintain weight, that actually just movement mm. improves your health. Yeah. And can actually reduce a whole load of risk factors for mm. being ill, especially yeah. as you grow older as well. Why can't we be focusing on that? Because I think if we, and, and a lot of my work as well, I believe and I've seen, and I've seen the science behind that. a lot of my work that I do, I like to call it science informed because it's not just science backed. Yeah. Because if you just follow science studies, you're just following a whole load of papers whereas actually you need to bring a lot of lived experience in with that and lived Mm. experience for from a whole load of people marginalized people you know people you need to bring all of that into your work especially the stuff that we kind of do in nutrition with food because it's not just nutrition like the stuff on this plate is much more than that Mm. this is a memory that's being created this is a really good conversation we're having this isn't just some protein mm-hmm. and you know some calcium you know there's much more of that in it's there. not just fuel there's it, it, hardly exactly. it's not very human experience to have it as just fuel yeah i mean for the sake of this podcast it breaks my heart there even exists like the the eating equivalents of just an injection of fuel because it's a missed opportunity to take joy exactly <laughs> in your one short sweet life like it's yeah. bo- boggling to me that people would rather have a dust or a powder or a shake than a <laughs> memory. It's it's stuff smashed down. I mean, our mouths are there to chomp and to chew and to release chemicals that give us highs and lows and fears and shocks. And all of it's part of the process, the anticipation of the thing, the, the craft of emotion, it, whether it's like sweat and labour or whether it's like love and excitement that goes into the prep of it, all of that of part of eating goes out the window. And I get it that we're busy. Yeah. And um, and we are. And I'm not saying you should have to have a, a really well thought through feast for every fucking meal. Who's got time for that? But ultimately, why are we leaning into uh, a future where we're just getting busier and busier and busier and taking less and less time and care and thought over... What what we are fueling our bodies with? Anyway, I feel like I've fucking digressed again. Um, Yay, capitalism. Yeah, there is capitalism. Yay, Yay capitalism. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And so a food teacher, obviously, in the day, but also what is that? What is your job? To, what is being a mindset nutritionist? So... After becoming like a food teacher, I realized that I still have such a passion for like helping people with their nutrition. And there's only so much I can do 
with um, children, obviously. Like my job as like teaching students isn't to give advice, nutrition advice, it's to help them and guide them with their nutrition education mm-hmm. and to learn. And I love teaching them how to cook. Like it's so lovely teaching them how to cook. It's so hilarious as well. Um, but I realized I wanted it. So I, I started doing just nutrition stuff kind of on the side as well. And um, I kind of fell in after doing my final bout of like um, Slimming World, actually. I kind of fell into health at every size. Right. And I started researching that and I was like, oh my God, my mind is blown. Mm-hmm. Once again, this makes so much sense to me. This is why I can do any diet ever and still end up being larger than what I was to mm-hmm. begin with. And then I started reading a lot of the science and started doing a lot of training and, you know, just collecting a load of my own bits and pieces together. And everything started kind of slip, like slotting into place. I mean, mm. my whole family, well, not, not my whole family, but most of my family are in large bodies. Yeah. I am always going to be in a large body. My children may or may not be in large bodies as mm. well. You know, that's something that's handed down to me in my own personal um, genetics and that's part of my own personal body journey as well as well as my own like professional journey now so then I discovered obviously kind of health at every size and then intuitive eating kind of come hand to hand mm. hand in hand so I did training with that and um just it just made a lot of sense and I did my own personal journey and then went into my own professional journey thinking like this is just this is just amazing. This is mm-hmm. exactly what I needed. And if this is something that I needed, then I know that it's going to be something that so many other people need. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love being able to tell people and say to people, because I think they come, I think people come to a nutritionist and they think to themselves, um, okay, so it's a nutritionist. They're going to find out what I eat. And yeah. they're going to be really prescriptive and they're going to give me a meal plan. And that kind of thing. Whereas I kind of sit there and I kind of listen to what they've eaten and stuff. And I'll give them like a few bits and like maybe a few pointers, but I'll actually talk more about their relationship with food and how they feel about eating that food and Mm. then their relationship, their body as well. And people come away from those kind of things feeling much more empowered rather than a, no, you're not eating right. And here's a meal plan, which they know deep down they can be able to follow for a few weeks Yeah, and they're going to probably do some binge eating around that they're going to have some cheat days you know it's not going to feel natural to them whereas the way that i want people to learn how to eat is to feel very natural for them that they can build in nutrition like it's really Mm -hmm. important and obviously but the fact like i kind of i started being obviously nutritionist and then intuitive eating like specialism as well and I've very quickly realised that there's, when you look out there, especially on social media, mm. you've still got the problem of, here's a nutritionist who's also um, like an intuitive eating yeah. like counsellor or coach or has a specialism in that, and they still look one one way. Yeah, yeah. They're still very, you know, skinny, yeah. straight size, you know, whatever word you want to describe with that. And I still didn't fit into that mould, mm-hmm. but I was in a different side of that. I was a... Actually, I don't fit into that mould, yeah. and I'm going to lean into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because actually, we need more people to turn around and go, it's okay to be fat. Yeah, not to have thinness as a goal yeah. at all. It's okay. I don't want you to, I don't want you to have me mm. as your nutritionist or your, you know, your intuitive eating person it's and mm. then look like me. Yeah. I want you to come to me and, so, and know that I'm not going to want you to look like me or... I want you to look like you. Yeah. I want you to accept you. I want you to commonly. It's amazing and and brave and transgressive. Yeah. I would say, arguably, just to put your hand up and go. I don't. Uh, I'm aim. Fat. Yeah. I'm a nutritionist, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. Like, and people can be happier in their own bodies as well. It just takes yeah. a lot of time to kind of fight through all of the societal crap. Mm-hmm. But we can do that. Yeah. Yeah, we're on it. We're on it. Let's talk about fat as a neutral word, especially around children, because I loved your chat on that with the lovely Molly Forbes as well, um, who's been on this before. Um, It's very hard to do, I think, to neutralise the word fat, even if your noise at home is good. I've got one seven-year-old, and um, I put a shift in, you can imagine, trying to make the word fat neutral. And we can do it at home, but there's unfortunately still the whole rest of the world's noise. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah to counter it with um it's tricky isn't it but it's worth doing 
Yeah, it is. I think it's important to start having those conversations as early as possible. And yeah. then obviously you're going to have like stuff come back. My five-year-old said the other day, because we were on the, some swings and my my bum was too big for the swing and it hurt. And I said, oh, my, I'm, I'm, it's hurting my bum. And she said, is that because you're too fat, mummy? But didn't say in like a, I was like, oh. <gasps> Yeah. How did you just say that to me? Like it was a oh, you're too fat for that. It was I was just like it's okay, my bum is my bum is too big for that, it's too yeah, fat. Yeah. And that's okay. I'm not gonna be able to fit into everything and I yeah. know that. That's just how my body is. Yeah. And I think it's just important to just continue having those conversations as the opportunity comes up because like you said, unfortunately the whole world has anti-fat bias everywhere yeah. like literally every single turn everything that the kids watch mm-hmm. it's just the, the stuff i mean peppa pig we don't let them the kids watch peppa pig because just the fat phobia in there is horrendous yeah, yeah. and you know it's we don't let them do that but i know that in school obviously like health lessons and that kind mm-hmm. of thing is going to be and one thing i did do with her school um last year they had a um they had i think an athlete coming in to the school they wanted to do a presentation on healthy eating. When I looked at what the presentation was going to potentially have, it did talk about like, healthy weight. Um, and I did challenge. I actually emailed in. I think that it's doing mm. that kind of thing. It's not only speaking to your children about, yeah. like, fat is fat is okay. And I think, in a way, it's much easier for me to speak about that because you know being what you're in about. a mid-fat body myself... I can really, I can say, I point at my body and go, mm. I'm fat and I'm very happy with my body. Yeah. I, I, I'm existing. You watch me exist every single day. Yeah. They smush my, my tummy. You know, they, mm-hmm. they feel my arms. They, you know, they see that. Yeah. So that makes it much easier for me to be able to show them that I can be very positive about being fat. And I enjoy being in my fat body. Like I legitimately do. So they can see that my day to day. But having those conversations and then also challenging those kind of things that may come up at school. Yeah. I did email the the head teacher and I did it's, say to my head teacher. It takes more bravery it. than you expect it to, it don't does. you? To put your even head me, above the even me, like really? yeah, I was kind of like I was like, I know we need to do this and I said to my husband, Am I just being one of those people? And then he was like, No, you know what you're talking about. You need to be challenging this because this isn't just challenging it for my daughter it's challenging for all the other children i mean eating disorders as well is on Mm -hmm. a massive rise at the moment and that's i really think really stuck together with that anti-fat bias that's around at the moment it's been really heavy like Mm -hmm. after we've come out of lockdowns and stuff and people inevitably put on weight during lockdowns we have gone through collective stress Yeah. yeah and not just a small amount of stress and a huge like a whole world of stress, um, you know, everywhere. I think we're still and too close to that having happened in time for us exactly. to be able to really realise the impact that that will have had. I, like, I think years down the line, it's going to be yeah. really interesting mm-hmm. of what, like, the impact of that stress has actually had on us as a population. I totally. think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. But I think the messaging came in strong of, oh, you can now start losing your pounds, your COVID pounds, mm-hmm. like getting rid of all of that as well. It's like collectively as a nation, we got the noise that you get after having a baby, essentially. Yeah. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> like when you're going to lose your lockdown fat, basically. Yeah, you need to kind yeah. of look like you used to look like pre-COVID. Um, and I think challenging that as well, and it, it did work out well because the, the head managed to get hold of the charity and the athletes and they took out all of the healthy eating stuff. So they still had like the chat about movement without the healthy eating side and I was like mm. thank goodness like she's yeah. obviously listened to me in relation to that that's amazing and, and also I think it's really interesting I think I, I also want to point out I think that this, we're not talking about not talking about nutritional health with kids I mean I love doing that with my yeah. kid but and it's similar like I think you also talk really like I think helpfully about like remembering positive self-talk mm. in front of your kids and I think my son's I mean, he's really handsy with me <laughs> still, um, but he will. He's always loved my tummy, um, and will shout about loving my tummy. And I haven't. When he was tiny, I know I wasn't there yet. I wasn't able to be like. I'd be like, oh, you know, don't or whatever. Whereas I think these days it's like, yeah, and it's smashing, isn't it? Lovely and wobbly. Um, they'd be like, oh, I can't wait till my Scott's a bit of wobble like yours. I'm like, yes, good attitude. Oh, yeah. But then you'll get. He'll already come home from school and go. So and so's called me fat every day. They are, but at this stage, hopefully, I think there's just an element of like, you're so tall, your your bum's big, you're literally sort of stating facts about each other. But there's yeah. little, there are little notes of negativity coming mm. in about fatness from school already, and I 
it's unpicking that that I find so gravelly. Like I really do, I don't always find the words other than just to bark, you know, there's nothing wrong with being fat. There's just nothing wrong with being fat. Someone can call you fat and you can go, and? Like it doesn't, yeah. and he's like, yeah, and I can say to him, I'm so strong, I can do this. I'm so fast, I can do that. I'm the second fastest at this and everything's all about stats, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, I actually am the fattest, I'm the second fattest person in my class and he's sort of got a list of who's the everythingist of everything. This person at maths, so-and-so has become the second, you know, oh gosh, okay, that's like a graph. Um, or maybe he'll go through life like that. <laughs> I don't know. But I think the other thing is, is, is in the same breath, you can be, I love saying to him and he's going, why do I have to, um, you know, I want him to try all different flavors, mm. but you also go to him, well, you know, I, you're seven and I have to guide what you eat to some extent because you're seven and I'm cooking most of it and I'm planning most of it, but trying to explain to him why it's really important to have carbohydrates yeah. to have all different types what protein does how your body uses it how your body uses vegetables minerals mm. you know it's really and like find things you like the taste of and if you really hate the taste of something that's probably your body going don't have that right now like yeah. and how, what does it feel like to feel hungry like having those conversations what does your fullness feel like today yeah. or like you can stop whenever you want when you're full but it, until you're full, don't feel like you have to stop or take your time, all that stuff. That has been a fucking lesson in making... Because he will take his time, mate. He'll go off and do something. That is like... And you're, that really gets me in the intuitive eating soul. Because you're like, I know I should be letting you. I know I should be letting you fuck off and play Lego for half an hour in the middle of this meal. But it is destroying me and it is ruining our day. Yeah. Yeah. I find I find it really hard as well yeah. sometimes because you just think like you can create it's it's always the mum it's always the I have like my mum part of the brain then yeah. I have like the nutrition side of my brain yeah. and like intuitive eating and then so the mum's part of the brain when one of the kids have been like no I don't want to eat this and they literally like, push yeah. it away and you're like but but I saw what you had for lunch and that also wasn't that much yeah also you didn't have that much breakfast so you, and you're and the mm-hmm. part of me is like okay, no, no, don't comment. This isn't your place. Mm-hmm. This is not your place. You don't say anything, but you just really want to be like, are you sure you don't want one more bite? Yeah. Go on. <laughs> and it's like, no, don't do that. And oh, I've God, got this I mean, kind I of argument in I'm my brain. I'm deeply imperfect. I just cave and be like, I just, just eat one green bean and then you can go, yeah, I do that sometimes. It's not going to make him love just green bean, just is it? Just Just eat... Just eat, the, just eat a pea, eat one pea, one pea and mango. You just need some fibre. Have some fibre. Have some fibre in there. Quick fire questions. Tell me about something you ate that you won or were gifted. A food stuff. I won a cake once. Shut up. I won a whole, it was massive. It was a massive chocolate. I think it was a Halloween cake. Yes. It was so good. Mm. And it was, it was just me. And my husband and my daughter. So it was just me and my husband that basically ate the whole thing. And yes. it was so joyful. Mm. So good. I love it. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? It might, I feel like it might be a drunk prawn. <laughs> it could be a drunk prawn. No, I did go a step further with the drunk prawn, well, up yeah. with the drunk seafood. And I had razor clams. I thought you were going to say, like, I took heroin and I <laughs> ate a squid. <laughs> That was, a, that was leveling up. That's a bit too much for leveling up. <laughs> razor yeah, clams razor is, is clams. nice and weird. And I like, like it. They were like cooked for a really long time and like Ooh. double or triple cooked and stuff, and they were disgusting. Oh, they sorry. were really. Horrendous. I thought you were about to say it. You really <laughs> no, they were really double cooked. Normally, when things have been double cooked, triple fried, and they were disgusting. Actually, were yeah, disgusting. absolutely rank. Really absolutely rank. Yeah. Skanky old la- razor. <laughs> I got about to call it a laser clam. I made it sound very futuristic. Um, five second rule: yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. Um, ever eaten food that was intended for a pet or just someone else? Probably someone else. That's yeah. kind of my. My kids know that if there's a bit of food that I quite like yeah. left in the fridge, I'll still have it. Yeah. I get I get told off by my eldest now. Oh, she'll give me like a birthday cake that she got she got given from like a party. Oh, and right, she'll yeah. be like, "I've put it in the snack drawer, mummy. I know where it is." <laughs> Get your hands off it. Eat it. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks really tasty. <laughs> um, worst looking or smelling, but best tasting thing you've ever eaten? I, 
You've had a rude thought. I can tell from your face you've had a rude thought. (laughs) I mean, we could just leave that with your look as an answer if you want. It was a really good, it was a really filthy look and I loved it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely lovely. Um, (laughs) Happy New Year. Um, (laughs) On that note, hangover, what are you having? Well, you hate me to say if I don't have hangovers. Oh, because you don't drink. No, I do. No, I do well, drink. not as much as I yeah, used to. Yeah, no, me neither. I miss it. I used to be one of those annoying people who'd be like, I'm up. Let's do some hoovering. <gasps> oh, Let's get the cleaning God, done. Amazing. Wow. I know. I'm one of those sickening, sickening people. Okay, well, that's... And I have tested it. it. Yeah. Because like, I was like... I've really I've pushed it. <laughs> like, after like pregnancy and stuff, yeah. I was like, maybe because I've had like a good nine months, yeah. like, a year, 18 months mm. without having alcohol, my body, my resistance got... No. No. Fine. I'm in, I'm in awe. <laughs> um, no other option. Would you eat a person? <laughs> oh, my God. I really love asking sensible grown-ups that. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to go back to the hunger conversation. Okay. If my hunger took over, then yeah. I'm going to have to, aren't I? If there's no other option, exactly. that's what I think. Yeah. yeah. There's a chance I might enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> now it's time for the fifth end question. Jeanette. Cats take over. It was always on the cards. Some of them never even pretended they weren't already in charge. They storm the Vatican first, and then they come for the rest of us in our sleep, as in via our dreams, so that we wake up under their spell. We're leaving food around for them all the time, forgetting to feed ourselves. We're too busy stroking and poking tiny laser sticks with fish symbols on them all around for them to chase. Brainwashed into being genuinely delighted when they bring in half-dead creatures for us. We all clap and get our pans out for them when they do that, like the pandemic NHS on a Thursday. But it gets nasty. Birds are the first to perish. Then we begin to realise it's a slow, catty apocalypse. Luckily, they've agreed to stop and the birds are allowed back to life. But only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, Jeanette, agree to play 30 million games of Bananagrams back to back with no breaks at all, all whilst doing a mouth impression of three instruments, a maraca, a children's electric drum kit, and a school-specific classic, the triangle. So, no way of sneaking any fuel in during the Bananagrams. Um, It sounds impossible, but you do it! You're a hero! You go down in history as a person who saved us all from the catapocalypse. Um, Catapocalypse. Catapocalypse. But your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams. Now you are flipping hungry. This is the opposite of the last meal, because you couldn't be happier, because of all the adulation and the place in history. Um, And you couldn't be hungrier. Because obviously that bananagram's to ages. And your brain was working all that time, so you're flipping hungry. So what would be, in this fantasy situation, where the happiest and hungriest you can imagine being? What would you eat? What would you drink? And if there's a who with and where, you can have a who with and where. Also, I want to add the caveat that we all understand this is only your answer now. And were I to have asked you at any other time, with a different setup, you could have a different answer. But right now, what would your answer be to that? On my own. Love it. <laughs> Says the mum of three. On my own. <laughs> In silence. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly silence. Loaded fries. Yes, yes. But with like braised, like like slow cooked steak, mm. like beef with gravy and mozzarella all mixed up together. So it's all like melty. Oh. Like that would be like the meal. And then I'd just be, because of the silence, I'd just be happy with, like, some squash. Like, I'd just be revelling in the silence and with, like, that amazing loaded fries. That I'd just yeah. be so happy. I'm oh. eating the meal in silence without I having to think it. about anyone else and no cats. Like, amazing. That would Absolutely be Absolutely glorious. Thank you. Thank you. Hoovering Podcast. What a way to see in the new year. Happy New Year, please. Happy 2023, you lot. You're the best. Make sure you're following Jeanette um, at the Mindset Nutritionist, or one word, on Instagram. Also, um, she is part of a brilliant new initiative called the All Bodies Recovery. Go to allbodiesrecovery.co.uk, a programme designed to help people in all sorts of marginalised bodies um, who have suffered with eating disorders to recover. 
Right, um, on to my admin. Please may you come and see me do Wench at Soho Theatre. Tickets will also hopefully be available to see it filmed somewhere in the spring as well. Um, keep your eyes peeled for all of those things on social media. And come and see Hoovering Live at the Leicester Comedy Festival on the 18th of February, where I'm also doing a work in progress the night before as well. Tickets to everything, as ever, are on my website, jessicafosterq.com. Follow us on social media at The Hoovering Pod. I'm on at Jessica Fosterkew. Send us voice notes, pictures, WhatsApps to 07462 855 271. Email us, thehooveringpod at gmail.com. I'll be storing all your beautiful offerings up and discussing them in future episodes. Keep an eye on our social media for any specific questions and topics that we'll be asking you to contact us about. Links to everything interesting mentioned today are, as ever, in the podcast notes. Hoovering is presented and created by me, Jessica Fosterkew. The music is by Jake Yap, and it was produced by Laura Grimshaw. Until in two weeks, happy hoovering. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.